Hey, I'm Justin. This is Chaz. Join us as we look back together, but learn to stay present. Come with us as we rise up with hope on the horizon. This is the podcast of Extraordinary Millennial Gentlemen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Justin. Chaz is with us. Hello. And we're back. Hello? Is someone there? Yes. Hello? Welcome, people. Hello. They're in the room. <laughs> They're in anyway. the computer. Oh, whoa. <laughs> we are rapid fire already today. Wow, that's excellent. Got today, we are taking it back. We're going to talk nostalgia, but kind of as it relates to maybe fatherhood, maybe a little bit how we were raised. Um, uh, yeah. But on that subject of just looking back so we can learn for now and for the future. Uh, but before we get there, as always, you guys know, we like to talk about what we've been consuming this week. Right. Mr. Chaz, please, I'd love to know what has been on your go-to this week. Man, um, so I'm into this new audiobook, which is a, it's, it's, it's in between like kind of a chore as well as kind of like super interesting all at the same time. It's like, it's right on that edge for me. driven. It's like, um, factual. <laughs> it is very factual. Gotcha. Um, it's about China and I'm mm-hmm. like wondering partially how they got this information, how they even Uh-oh. wrote this. Like it's, it's that kind of stuff where you're like, they were okay. Like opening up to you and saying this type oh. of stuff or, or whatever. So is it's, that the interesting piece? You kind of get these nuggets of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, making and then question. the other part of it yeah. is just historical facts. Like this was this ruler up to this person. Like this person was in head of it, and how the like Chinese army is its mm-hmm. own entity, kind of separate from the political like Chinese party in the background, and how they kind of run the government show, and like all these things about how they'll take this military. Yeah, um, <clears throat> block my face. Um, Anyway, I don't want to get into too many details, but it was recommended. Very interesting stuff about how there's this party behind everything we see in the in the movement, uh, all the government politics, even into um, military, and just the different reigns of the various presidents, things yeah, like that. Is this it's, is this like an era, or is it a comprehensive? Oh, I think back it's, we it's about? comprehensive. Well, it's not. It, it's more recent. So okay, like say like last the past century. three, yeah, the past couple, you know, 20, 30 years, you know, from oh, the seventies, seventies on, Oof, I would say. Gotcha. And really, so it's just yeah, kind emerges. of rapid fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quick names. This is what they did. This is, but then also the, how China's changed over time and just a lot of the influences there, you know, having. Do you well, not want us to meet? Yeah. We are just skimming the surface of this topic this discussion okay what are we consuming what are we consuming this week uh last week i finished yeah truman capote's in cold blood what's mm. it about uh yeah it's about someone getting murdered in cold blood and the trial yeah. afterwards written in the 50s it okay. was kind of a breakthrough book because mm. it was like law and order before law and order or a show like that um, yeah, it, it really was. It's like a true crime because it's based on actual events. 
it's just really well written. And the author, Truman Capote, I think is really well known because he created this style of like, he added some narration here and there, mm -hmm. but everything in quotations was like based on an interview, based on a newspaper article, oh, based wow. on actual words from an actual person. Um, and then I realized that that book actually influences the book that I'm reading right now that I started last week since I finished In Cold oh. Blood, which is uh, In the Garden of Beasts by Eric Larson. Uh, you guys, if you've listened to a lot of our episodes, you probably know that I previously read a book also by Eric Larson, Seattle mm -hmm. native, Hala, yeah. um, which was uh, Devil in the White City, which is about Chicago. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. In the Garden of Beasts is about uh, a newly assigned U.S. diplomat to Germany in 1933, while oh. Hitler's Germany and the Nazis are kind of coming oh, to power. Very so, cool. Yeah. And, but, but those books piggyback off one another. Nope. Mm -hmm. No, Eric Larson's book piggybacks off Capote. I think Capote was really the first one to do that with like factual. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But obviously the difference with Capote is I think he was very closely involved um, while the trial, let's say, was going on for the accused. Whereas Eric Larson looks back at least a century or so, you know, 80 mm -hmm. years after oh, wow. the fact yeah. where there's not really contemporaries to talk to mm -hmm. where Capote is talking to all the contemporaries. So anyway, if anybody out there is into kind of true crime podcasts, things like that, I highly recommend you take a look at Truman Capote's book. Um, probably you already have, and you're a big fan. Um, is it a fun subject matter? Absolutely not. Um, but like I said, I'd say it's, you know, a lot of these real crime dramas or yeah. real crime uh, reality TV, it was that before that, for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty substantial book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. On a lighter note, <laughs> I have been cooking a lot yeah. last week. Okay. Yeah. And I have been cooking many meats. Many, many, many lush, meats. L luscious, tender Out meats. Out on the grill. Uh, or or in so pan oven uh, <laughs> in a dish. Um, yeah, I've been <laughs> doing a lot of rays. I've been doing a lot of yes, the the heat of the sun. Been it's really easy. Heat. You turn it up, you turn yeah. it down. Um, no, a lot of sous vide cooking. Yeah, um, and experimentation. And I will okay. tell you today. Yeah, I made a roast. Your mom makes the most amazing like roast beef pot roast I've ever oh, had in my entire life. Okay. Yeah. Straight up mm -hmm. people. She does not mess around. Um, so anyway, uh, not saying it was that, but I did make a, uh, a flat iron, mm. flat iron roast, very beefy. Mm -hmm. And it came out like prime rib, my dog. It was <laughs> good. It's really good. Uh, so, but it's an experiment. I've never cooked this way before. Yeah, it's like, it's it's very different. You guys uh, check out sous vide. Uh, it's kind of a fun, no mess uh, way of cooking. All right, mm -hmm. I'm talking a lot. That's so, all good. What are you consuming this week, uh, good sir? What is uh, on your go-to list? Yeah. So, um, I I'm also into a book. Uh, this okay. one's uh, on China, 
and China will prosper. China will prosper. Yes. Um, it, it is about that. It's about military. It's about their mm. government. It's about the kind of higher up, um, like behind the political party leaders you, that for most Americans, the country. Well, yeah. I don't think anybody really knows about that no. in America. Like, I don't. Yeah, you no. got like G, but yeah. yeah. What does that mean? You know, yeah. who, and who is that person? Who's behind the strings, you know? Um, the planning. Yeah. yeah, the planning, the long term. Uh, I mean, they have strategy. They, they have long term strategy. Like they, <sighs> they're planning generations out to be the lead in economics, all these other things. And you know, just one example that pops in my head. So yeah. they had some. They had to lighten up their their army or you know their military force. Okay. They don't call it the army, right? So. They had to lighten it up, and they're they're when they talk lighten it up, they're dropping hundreds of thousands of jobs, right? Because uh, they oh, had wow. like five million back in the eighties in their in their ranks, yeah. And so they're like, they have to lighten it up, they have to change, they have to become more technological, they have to do this and that. So right. what they do is they retire you. them. They sent these out, and they're naming cities I've been to where they go. Yeah. They built the roads, they built the factories, they just. They took the people well, that had so, the training and they sent them out to build up these cities. So for, straight from jobs. military, like military, I'm guessing because we're talking about China, indoctrinating mm -hmm. yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. And then you're loyal. You were part of the, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in this, though, because as I look kind of geopolitically at yep. other nations and look at history, they kind of had, I mean, they always had nuclear weapons, right? But they, I think in the last 20, 30 years, maybe 30 years ago, you kind of mm -hmm. look at it and say, well, they would just overwhelm you with numbers because yep. they have population. Right. But you're saying that is not the strategy anymore. That's not who oh, they no. are. And yep. they're planning in a very different way. Yep. But they're that's interesting. To that fight the technical, the, the high tech battles of the future. But they're putting people directly from military into like civilian planning. Yeah. Yeah. They had to, they had loyal. to repurpose them. They knew they could, mm use their skill sets right off the go and and do that and then Ooh, so that's one area the other area they took this like really high loyal group and they made them mm. all judges never been a oh. lawyer never been to law school they are their judges i mean is there is there such thing as court decisions. there though i mean oh, yeah is yeah, it they've, is, they've got courts they may they make mm -hmm. it look legit and when when it comes down to the rulings, you know there's some behind the scenes direction, and, yeah. and there's even there's even people like <laughs> there's a manual. Uh, yeah. you're going to have to go down to subsection B. Yeah, Article yeah. Seven. This is what you have to do. This. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And and when he's interviewing some of these people that are, mm -hmm. you know, I guess, is this an up, American? I'm yeah, curious. I think it's an American that his interviewed and talked to tons i don't know he doesn't describe his methods but the way okay. he writes it i'm i'm getting that he went and talked to just a bunch of these people over many many years mm. and uh some were you know open about this i doubt they'd be this open now um to sure. compile this that's what that's why i was like i don't know where they're getting all this but this is like great because i've seen and heard some stuff living you know in and around that area and mm -hmm. and this just really pulls it all together as well as like high level economics and, and their direction. It's peeling back mm -hmm. the, I don't want to say touristy because you have, you have spent time there. You've lived there. You've worked yep. there. You've served the people there. So 
let me let me put that a different way. What I wanted to say is something like, you've kind of peeled back the touristy. Oh, what's it like? I, I guess maybe it's more like you're looking at the layers of the civilization. Yep. In a different yep. lens, because you've seen the layers, but then there's kind of, as a, as an American or an expat living there, I'm guessing yep. you didn't see how the the deeper layers actually functioned right yeah right? i mean even even three years there's probably not enough time to to really get into that wow that depth or level so this book is really filling in a lot of gaps and giving me this you know whole new perspective on it so anyway uh i know we're going down that a different rabbit hole here but uh, i may recommend it um i'll pull up the book name here just to just if anybody's hearing this and is interested it's called the party why I'm we, interested. Why we fight the party and the gun. That's the subtitle. Wow. So let me see if I can get an author pulled up here for you. Maybe not. Maybe in a few. So um, anyway, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very, no, that's, that but sounds I, great. I can't consume it all the time. So it's, it's kind of sporadic, but it, it pulls me in. And I kind of have to be able to unplug from other things to listen. It's not a listen to yeah. do while you're doing other stuff. It's like, when I you know, you go for a run or a long drive, it's like, okay, I can get into this, but I, I reserve it. For yeah. Times. That's so. incredible. Ah, I, for, I forgot. There's one of the book I'm nearly uh, through. It's an audiobook yeah. this week. Uh, it's called the longest day, which is about the preparation from the allied perspective that went into D day. Mm. And then a accounting wow. of the 24 hours from kind of the French civilian perspective, French resistance, mm -hmm. underground uh, perspective, obviously allied, but it goes into kind of, you know, the, the, the participants from all these partner nations, allied nations, wow. um, and yeah. then obviously getting into some of the failed tactics um, on both sides in execution that led to D-Day as we know it. Longest wow. day, it's excellent. It's, it's really one of those, I, I'm not going to say it's anywhere near probably the depth of uh, perspective that mm -hmm. uh, the book you're reading goes through, but sure, it is sure. also, I, I thought of it because it's also one of those where you can't really be like doing the dishes. You can be driving, mm -hmm. yep. but you can't really have other things going on because I, 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 <laughs> I foolishly uh, one evening had it on um, <laughs> and was laying in bed and then I fell asleep. And I was like, oh, crud, it's been going for like four hours. Oh, um, yeah, and you got it uh, rewinding to find your like, spot after that. Oh, oh. It, it's one of those books that's nearly impossible to get back to yeah. because it just moves. It just it, it, it accounts for so many different perspectives. Wow. And you're like, cool. uh, anyway, mm -hmm. it's a great read. Um, but I'm interested to hear more in future episodes about your conclusion on, sure. on, uh, yeah. on your book, on the I've, party. I've been drawn hmm. some. Very so. cool. Very, very cool. Well, let's, let's yeah. take a short break here and we'll be back in a few minutes. fatherhood nostalgia stuff here so 
Uh, one thing that interests me about this topic when we, when we started discussing it is, yeah. is just kind of the fun compare and contrast stuff, right? So for sure, um, it, as well, we as, are not our father's generation. Yeah, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's easy. You know, so we're you know baby boomers to millennials, right? How do how did they parent us, and how are we parenting? What are we parenting Gen Z? I don't even know what they're calling it. Um, uh, whichever <laughs> the, the children, they'll come up with some name my at some point. See, that's a millennial thing. My children don't have labels. I yeah. don't want them oh, yes. to be hampered by any labels. They are everything to everyone. Just kidding. Okay. Well, I hope when we talk about this, for everybody who's going to be listening uh, for the remainder of the discussion, yep. I hope you know if you're like, I'm really excited to hear about how bad, you know, my own father was or make comparisons between these generations that because, because the past is, you know, the past generation, the baby boomers were so bad. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, they I mean, were so me. wrong. We know so much now. Yeah. They were just completely no. Nope. No. Yeah. There's not a argument that's coming from this discussion. It's observational. We're looking back. Uh, if yeah. anything, there's lots of opportunities to laugh. I got to give you my first, my first quick story though. Okay. Yep. yep. So uh, I grew up in South Carolina and uh, it's a very true, it's, it's very much a green place, very beautiful, lived in the upstate towards the mountains. And uh, my parents uh, were big about getting us involved in sports. And what that means, I think, to a baby boomer is you're playing one to 1.5 sports a year. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think that's a good contrast in our generation. <laughs> you know, I think my kids are going to play instruments. They're going to play soccer. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you can pick any, t any season of the year yeah. and say, my kid's going to be involved. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how good that's going to be because I know when I played two sports, baseball and football as mm -hmm. a kid, it was like between that and my summer, that's, that's my whole year. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, so, all right, yep. I I'm getting off track. Please, please. Yeah, no, no, just some things are, I think, uh, and I think a lot of parents in our generation, uh, the millennial parents out there, they, I think this where some burnout and some, you know, mm. just, uh, and, and the mom, we are the burnout the mom burnout with, uh, I'm, I'm just a taxi driver. I just, I take him to school. Ooh, I take him to all these call. events. I go to the store. All right. And, um, not that like saying those are what they should be doing or anything like that. It's just, I think, you know, the dad, or the dad, you know, there's probably some dads out there right. who are like getting this type of burnout because you're the one running them around for whatever reason oh, with your, your house scenario, right? It's, I had to take, say you have four kids and they're all doing three, two, three sports, right? And then maybe, maybe they go to volleyball, then they go to softball, you know, they're on the track team. You're pulled so many different directions. Yeah. It's that, that, I think that extreme I, occurs because we want them to be more involved. But like you're saying, yeah, yes. I played... I didn't play baseball at school, but I played with the city league and I played football mm. at school and um, I was in choir, I had some friends in band. So between those things, man, I was all over the place. And I mean, yep. I think the difference, one of the difference is. And look how you turned out. I know. No. Look, it's so horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> so well-rounded. A millennial gentleman, yeah. dare I say. Extraordinary. Well, extraordinary gentleman, I think. Um, yes, yes. Very nice. Quite. Uh, can hold a tune. Um, 
but the uh, I don't know like tell me tell me this like I know we're not there with our kids yeah. yet but if that was no. one of one of your children's scenario are you gonna let them like we used to drive ourselves go to all these places no. didn't oh, yeah. have yeah. cell phones really no and we just showed back up at home around dinner time is that gonna happen you're right now? man no there's there's bookends Maybe. right <laughs> the bookends were maybe yep. something like you're supposed to be at school and <laughs> back in the day i don't even know if they do this now back in the day like the attendant secretary or like your homeroom teacher mm-hmm. would speak to your parents or you know now it's probably like a text it's probably an auto-generated text <laughs> That's crazy. The camera did not it was an actual person seat. <laughs> who actually got like a handwritten note that was oh, like, yeah. Justin was not in class today. <laughs> yeah. yep. So, um, so there's that, right? So you got oh, this yeah. bookend of, I know my kids in school for the boomers generation. Um, and then at the end of the day, it was kind of like, and here's your curfew mm-hmm. uh, for a school night. Yep. And then you just showed up, but you're right. This whole idea of, uh, you know, touching base, texting throughout the day. I mean, think about it, man. Our kids are actually going to have uh, GPS coordinated like posting. Like there will be like data footprints. Oh yeah. Um, geospatial yeah. as well mm-hmm. as kind of time and dated. That that's crazy. Yeah. So let that's me throw this out. Crazy there. to think because yeah. it's along the same topics, and maybe nobody's a nerd like me and watched the Apple keynote, but I did. Um, and not to highlight any of their products. That's not what we're here for. Uh, I, I am going <laughs> to sponsor. I'm going to highlight one, not a sponsor. Come on, Tim. But Tim, I think it's cool for parents. So they just released uh, iWatch SE. It's the first lower grade mm-hmm. watch. And it also works with the three. But the cool part is for parents is up until this point, unless I think Verizon has some similar watch with some similar features. But if you had an iPhone, mm-hmm. You may have tried that. I don't know. Um, I think I, my sister may have one for, or I've heard my sister has one for my nephew. Don't even know about it. Mm. Uh, but the cool part, so Apple now, instead of, you're always like, well, I got to get them a phone. I need them to be able to call me when they're done with their sports right, right. or uh, da, 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 da. But you're giving them a phone and a whole bunch of responsibility with that phone. So now with the iWatch yeah. SE or the three or greater, if it has cellular capability, you can give them their own phone number, pair it to your phone. You can set reminders Ooh. like when they get to school, when they leave oh, school, you can yeah. control which contacts they have that they can call and receive calls from. Uh, you can control which apps they're using, right? All this kind of stuff to, and not to say that you need Incredible. that much control, but there's a lot of stuff like that they can have access to. If you don't control what's coming through their phone, there's a lot of you know inappropriate stuff that they could get exposed to at way too young of an age. Oh, so sure. I think this is a great step into that space for for us millennial parents where it'd be great to say yeah i want you to be able to walk to school on your own but i want to know you got there safely right uh those types of things yeah i think it opens up a bunch of doors and i'm I'm cool to see that's where they're headed that's really amazing i want to contrast this with a story within a story so i never everybody listening up there i know i never got to the original story i started going down the rabbit hole of sure. extracurricular activities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to zoom back out to that one. I promise. Okay. But you're bringing up a great contrasting story. Okay. So I'm uh, probably, I'm going to say I'm five years old, uh-huh. uh, older brother, neighborhood kids. I distinctly remember this is like, uh, 
maybe August, school's around the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, My father is watching uh, basketball, I believe. I think it was the NBA Finals. This Mm -hmm. is like Michael Jordan days, right? So greatness. Greatness is on the television. Uh, My mom is at like a a girl's night. Um, And so me and my older brother, we're jumping on the trampoline. I am the runt. I'm the little guy because I'm playing with my cool older brother's friends from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, they all play basketball and everything. And there's no way they'll let me play basketball. But they finish their basketball. It's getting late in the evening. Uh, The sun's going down. And so everybody jumps on the trampoline. So we're all jumping around. And somebody, you know, I'm the little kid. We're kind of playing like pop the popcorn. If you guys had to trampoline growing up, I think you oh, know yeah. what that game is. So um, they're trying to pop me and stuff. And so I, I, I obviously uh, am unsuccessful in staying in a cannonball popcorn kernel size. Yes. And oh, yeah. I get popped. And I, at some point when I came down, somebody uh, stepped on my wrist, jumped on my wrist. There's way too many people on the trampoline, right? Yeah. yeah. And so... I come inside kind of crying and holding my arm and my dad uh, hears me. One, he doesn't realize I've been outside the entire time. Yeah. Right. But yeah. is he concerned from that generation? No, not at all. It's like, okay, everybody's outside eating and yelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's about the furthest thing from an Apple watch as you could imagine. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I come in, I'm kind of crying. My arms kind of swelling up. He gives me this look like, your mom, you know, I see, I know as a father what, what, you know, glazed in the, over his eyes when he looked yep. at me. Crud, he's supposed to get a bath. My wife's going to be home soon. Why is he still awake? <laughs> so he was like, hurry and get a bath and go to bed. And I'm like, dad, my arm hurts. And he's like, hurry and get a bath and go to bed. <laughs> so I hurry and get a bath. He helps me get dressed in bed. I'm like, oh, my arms hurt. Uh, so I broke my arm, um, and I slept that night (laughs) (laughs) and the look that my mom gave my dad the next morning was like, what did you do? And here's the thing. Was my mom mad at my dad? Sure. Yeah. Would she have done anything drastically different? Not in that setting. I mean, that generation is like, I grew up outside flat mm-hmm. out. Uh, and what I mean by that is I was not homeless. Uh, no, uh, no disrespect to the homeless. Um, but yeah, yeah <laughs> clearly. Yes. Homies, hobos. Um, but we, we played outside. I mean, that was, oh, yeah. that was our childhood. Right. Yep. Um, and there's plenty of good times inside, but, um, I don't think my mom would have done anything different. Um, I felt differently when I was a kid. I'm like, Oh, my dad, he was so hard on us and he let me get hurt. And then he just sent me to bed yeah. and I'm like, okay, one, I probably would have done exactly the same thing to a degree. Right. <laughs> yeah. My kid comes in crying. I'm like, rub some dirt in it. You know, I get that from my dad. I get yeah, that yeah, from yeah. previous generation. For sure. Although, you know, if my son or my daughter would have had their Apple watch on, I could check their health. Maybe I'd see that their pulse was high <laughs> and that there's a problem. Um, let's run, a, run so, an EKG real quick. Let's see how your heart's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me run a quick diagnostic. Um, so yeah. I get a cast on my arm. And long story short, like I said, is that, you know, my dad wasn't uninvolved. But there was just a level of, like, 
trust in the neighborhood. Oh yeah, autonomy. trust in my brother. Autonomy. Yep. Autonomy is a great word. Yep. That yep. I don't think people put their phones down quite enough to get maybe to that same level mm-hmm. of kind of neighbor neighborhood. Um, but also there was just less complexity to the situation. Yeah. Um, my dad had a full blown distraction. I mean, trust me, he's a huge sports fan. He was watching mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, the legend. Yep. At least it was Michael Jordan, not like Vladi Divans. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he was watching the best. But um, yeah, that, that when I was a kid, I blamed my dad for that situation. Now that I'm a father, I'm like, phew. Uh, that could be me in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think if my mom was home, the only difference is I would have probably got some medical attention sooner, but come on. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't ruined. I was yep. okay. So did you have any kind of like, is there any relatability there? Not because oh, you yeah. broke bones on your dad's watch, yeah, but just yeah. like rub some dirt in it. I know your parents sort of well, but yeah. I don't know them from your childhood. You know, I know them as an adult. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, maybe maybe not so young, but I mean, there'd be times, uh, high school even, I'd, I'd come back from, you know, I just cruised on my dirt bike, went up in the mountains, you know, mm-hmm. hit some jumps, mm-hmm. things like that. And sure, I had my helmet on, but I may come back all scraped up, covered in dirt, maybe a little bit of blood here and there from some tree branches, whatever. And I'd walk in the door and my yes. mom's like, go take a shower. If anything's broken, let me know. But you know, go, you know, it was kind exactly. of like, you're not, let dying. me guess. Okay. You're you fine. had better not leave those boots again. I don't know. Fill in the blanket <laughs> in the laundry room yeah. or in the oh, kitchen. That was probably them across the carpet. That was, it was really, yes. you know, leave that in the garage and there uh, you yeah, go. That type of thing. Um, to shower. Mm-hmm. But to like, again, totally compare. And I think this brings up maybe now I'm thinking through this uh, for me, a big fear is a parent. Um, and just something that is maybe, maybe it was as bad back then, but I, I, yeah. I have to say maybe not is, is there's a whole bunch of stuff with, you know, kidnapping children and, and the whole, I mean, there's a whole really gross, like sex slavery thing yeah. for children. And, and mm. even now with, with the COVID and everything, there's been people posting in like our neighborhood groups, like, Hey, there was this fan following my daughter and, you know, it's like they're coming out in daylight because nobody's out in these public places where they can get them. And, like, we're one of the safe, you know, top yeah. cities of the nation. It's a nice island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like that's a big fear. But to contrast that with a story uh, of my own, I remember a good friend, uh, Scott DeBella, me and him in high school, mm-hmm. or maybe it was late junior high, anyway, you know, freshman-ish years, we got on our bikes and I think we rode across like the whole city to go to other friends' miles. houses. Miles. Yes. Miles on the yes. bike. I like, totally did that as a kid too. Isn't completely that epic? Gone. That's like the best feeling. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it was freeing. Like we were like, we have bikes. We can't drive. You were we like half bikes. ran away. That was not your intention. Oh yeah. But you were like gone. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was, he was awesome on the bike and I was just getting on it. And I was like, at the end of those days, I was like, dead physically but it was so much fun yeah. and we went so many places and i just can't imagine that these days like at those ages mm. just cruising around by yourself like where are your parents like like it's just so somebody different. would literally call the police on you if you were that child yes yep 
I mean, and, and I'm not going to say you and I grew up in straight up like Andy Griffith, Mayberry. Right, um, right, right. You know, we grew up yeah. in the 80s, 90s. We're millennials, right? Uh, was it a safer nation? I think there's all kinds of statistics. I don't want this to be a data-driven yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thing because I don't just know. I don't have that though. data. It just you're feels right. Different. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, then, well, and for think, me, I don't know, but, for but, you, is that, that's a big fear, like losing your kid to something like that. Like, well, I feel, I feel for like anybody who's from... had those experiences, like, oh, yeah. but that just, uh, it's there. It's like, uh, I'm not going to let that happen. I'd rather be I'm... the annoying hovering parent than to have that <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> yeah. I'm the helicopter parent because uh, I don't want that to happen. So, but, yeah, I feel like um, a lot of people can relate to that. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I don't think there's a wrong aspect to sure. this, but observationally, yeah. Because there's often times where my wife throws out a uh, situation and I don't shrug it off and say, rub some dirt in it type thing. But uh, I try and understand it from a different perspective. I'm kind of devil's advocate sometimes Mm -hmm. Um, just to try and better understand a counterpoint. But I feel like in that very, uh, on that very subject, uh, of kind of being that devil's advocate that at times our information age is also a, uh, instills of, uh, produces a culture of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there, I can't remember who coined this. I think there's a, somebody else. Uh, I, I don't think this is a, hmm, I don't know if I want to say this word because we might get kicked off of YouTube. Um, so, Anyway, there's just a culture of kind of fear mongering sure. where yeah. that is like almost a, a natural uh, floor that we all have a threshold of fear yep. because there's so much information where it's like, hey, did you know all these facts about COVID? You need to be losing your mind right now. Or, you, you know, and I yep. don't mean to be overly political with that, but pick any kind of subject that like you're saying you're relating to you yeah. know, uh, sex trafficking, human trafficking, kidnapping, uh, abuse of minors, just terrible, terrible things that do happen. Yep. Um, I kind of say they've always been happening. Maybe there's more visibility. Maybe there's more data. Maybe it is more prevalent. But I can tell you that having more of the information available in our data age kind of makes us more susceptible to to, to the fears that come from that, that mm-hmm. understanding. I, I'm, again, everybody, I'm not commenting on which way is better. If yep. it was better in our parents' generation, this is not a discussion of who had it easier. Again, not, not going with those arguments, but yeah, that's interesting. I can totally relate though. There was a threshold. Did you have this? There was like a place on a map that I could probably point to as a kid and say, that's the furthest I've ever gone on my own, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know, on foot, on yep. a bike. And when I was probably, you know, between nine and 12, I was pushing that boundary all the time, going further, going further to the point where I can totally relate with your story about your buddy, Scott, where me and my buddies would go so far out into the woods. We're like, Oh, we're like halfway to school, like to our elementary school, (laughs) which was not close. We better turn, like we knew where we were, but we were totally comfortable like getting lost and kind of the exploratory aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in South Carolina, middle of nowhere in the woods. That kind of helped, you know, it's not like yeah. we were in a super urban area. Um, 
but it, it was like an all day thing. And it was something that I had with my friends where it was like, dude, we took like a journey, man. Like mm -hmm. we had an adventure. Yep. And my parents are just like, Oh, you got home really late. Are you hungry? There's food in the fridge. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let me throw this out there. Yes. How many, how many of these did you do as a kid? How many play oh, dates? Too many did to you... count, man. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm changing. Oh, sorry. sorry. Slightly changing the subject. How many play dates did you get scheduled with your parents oh. to go to? Uh, what's a play date? I think we went to like birthday parties. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I mean, that's another, just, sorry, just comparing and contrasting some of this. It's, that's like the only way our kids play now. Right. I don't know. Scheduled. It's Are like, scheduled. And, and it may not be a full on play date, but it's like, Hey, we're going to go to yeah. the park and let them meet new people. Or, it's like you said, man, I think the word is autonomy. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. It's the autonomy of the, of the neighborhood and the community. And I don't mean community like city. I literally mean like the quarter mile in every direction or half mm -hmm. mile in every direction and who you know and trust among your kids. And you know what it is? I live in a, in a, in a very safe community as well. I'm sure statistically it's right up there. Yep. Um, but there's, there's kind of, as a parent, there's kind of this, you look at another parent and think, I wonder what their kind of boundaries are. Mm -hmm. with kids playing and what they're comfortable with. And so for example, my kids aren't of the age that they want to go in people's houses. Um, they want to play outside. Outside yep. is their thing right now. Right. Sure. But there will come a time where it's like, we want to go to, to Sally's house because she has the new video game or she has new music. Like that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. They're going to get a yep. little bit older and they're going to want to do those things. And I can already see that there's going to be parents who are going to be like, this, this, I'm sure this crosses the line. You can never, ever go in their house. And it's like, there's nothing in my house that's of any interest at all. I mean, I live here. Trust right. me. I'm in here all the time. Um, <laughs> so anyway, mm -hmm. I, I feel like in our day and age, you talk about play dates and scheduling. I also think gets like that autonomy is going to be really, really, really hard to get to because as parents, I think we look at other parents and go, I, you know, we all grew up maybe completely different mm -hmm. but we all were right. in that same age era right yeah. yeah i just wonder if everybody wants that again i yeah. want that i love that i love for my kids to grow up more the way that i did but mm -hmm. i know it's not right maybe feasible yeah well and i want to throw this out there too it's, it's along the same lines maybe a slight twist on this topic but my wife uh in reading up on you know, school and homeschool and everybody having these various situations of my school's not open. They went to online. Yeah, right. Or I need to yep. teach them myself at home. Learning from home. Yeah. Curriculum, right? Homeschool. And that's becoming mm -hmm. much more open. People are more open to it. More, It's becoming more popular with the current, you know, situation. And the interesting thing is everybody, the biggest uh, thing we came across of while researching this was, uh, but my, they need to be socialized with these other children. Right? They need to go to school for that. And, and an interesting point was brought up that we came across was what are they going to learn from those other children besides to be other children, like to be more of childlike, right? You, you, you wouldn't send, uh, in corporate world, you're not going to send, mm -hmm. uh, you know, your team out to meet with another team and just get other team experience, you know, you're going to send them to like yeah. leadership training from leaders uh, and things like yeah. that. So it makes sense. But so the thing we came across was 
you know what, actually kids that stay home and interact with adults all day long become very socialized. Like they know how to interact with other people and people older than them. Interesting. Like it's, yeah, it actually isn't as much of a need, although we kind of draw to that, but, and, and again, I'm not trying to back it up with data or anything, but I, we, we felt that felt comfortable for us. And we were like, okay, good. As long as they, you know, get some time with friends more for play, they need yeah. to play with peers. Yeah. But if you're like, Oh, they need to be socialized and learn how to socially interact. It's like, well, mm. you know, Bobby down the street, socializing with him at school or her at school is, He's going to interact with Bobby down the street makes, makes mud pies. Yeah. It's like, what social skills is he, is he like writing a book on social skills? Like, is that why you want him to meet with Bobby? How to, like, how to eat your boogers. Exactly. I, there's no Bobby like, that's what they're going to get. It's just going to get re, it's yeah, they get reinforced by a, you know, a classroom of 40 people doing the same thing. They're going to be like, oh great, he does that, I can do it too. Um, versus at mm, home, you'll get the gotcha. daily correction and hey, that's not socially acceptable. This is a, this is socially acceptable. And they'll they'll catch more than they're taught, right? They're gonna by example, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna catch a ton from us socially. Uh, so there is a there is a positive side to to kind of what's going on right now. There is, there is. Everybody take that take the take that in stride one because you got to right what are your alternatives but i think that's a that's a solid perspective there's good wisdom in that um you know surround your children with people who uh have character people who can help them socialize and there will always be play time i agree i feel like our generation has always had this but kids have to play they have to play oh, they have to play huge. If they don't play, ah, schedule play time. Make it happen. Well, they so, pay, yeah, they pay I like it so much through play. Uh, just, yeah. just to our audience out there, if you've got some nostalgic or good comparisons, good stories like you've heard us share, uh, leave them in the comments below. We'd love to hear, yes. you know, your guys' point of view. Uh, yeah, leave us some comments. We'll I have check so them out. many that are not applicable to our discussion today. <laughs> So many. Hey, I do want to end um, with a mentor minute. I think awesome. what you just shared about your own kids <laughs> reflects in teams as well. I mean, really, uh, you talked about a corporate environment, but I, I, I just want to say this, what's been on my mind this week and based on our topic today mm -hmm. is um, investing time in your own team. In other mm -hmm. words, yes. invest time in people. Uh, I have a schedule where as long as I have my phone on me, I have the potential to work mm -hmm. and typically I am working. So that's not to say that what I mean is every time I'm on my phone, I'm typically working. Um, and I am kind of on call, um, in, uh, in the work that I do, yep. but it, it's all the more challenging for me to kind of put my phone down and mm -hmm. just be present with yep. my own team and with the people on my team. And trust me, we're not like, you know, sipping tea and talking about each other's kids. I wouldn't say that I have that relationship with everybody on my team, Yep. but I think our generation has a real struggle with trying to, you know, to, to, to stop pursuing like the perfect fill in the blank, the perfect meeting, the perfect presentation, you know, the perfect process, the perfect yep. product or service that you or your team provides. 
I look at it this way. I mean, there's just no such thing. Are the yeah. pursuit of those perfect meetings and presentations important? Not as important as the people on your team. Yep. And the reason why I say that, Chaz, is because I have seen, I have been on the teams and in different uh, stages of my career, I have led teams mm -hmm. that have been broken. And I have been a bad leader. And those usually go hand in hand. I won't say they're mutually exclusive, but I'll just let everybody know. Just think about the value proposition this way. Would you rather have a perfect presentation or a perfect product to put out there um, with a broken team or bad leadership to try and execute, sell it, mm -hmm. work with your customers? Yep. I think everyone, yeah, I think everyone would say, no, I, I'd rather have an imperfect product or service, yep. but have a solid team with good leadership. So that, that uh, analogy will always be true. Uh, in your career, uh, no matter whether you're in leadership or not. So look to your peers and look to those that who uh, you have stewardship over or that you lead and invest in them. Uh, there's a million ways to do this, everybody. I'm not going to, um, you know, say that uh, there's a best way to do it. Sure. It's just time. It's just saying, I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to let my inbox pile up. I'm going to let this imperfect process stay imperfect a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go get some FaceTime, uh, not the Apple product, not, okay, sponsored, not sponsored, but the actual FaceTime, like yep. when we were kids, uh, face as it were face to FaceTime, interpersonal communications yep. and spend time with your team. Uh, I found that, you know, you can still meet deadlines, but you can't always take opportunities to get to know people and build up trust. Mm -hmm. If all you're ever doing is refining your tasks and yeah. making that perfect fill in the blank. That was a bunch of ranting. I want to get your take. I want to get yeah, whether you yeah. agree, whether you disagree. So it, to me, this is what I, this is what I'm hearing is you're kind of, you know, money or time is money. And yeah. you're kind of, in my mind, it flipped that backward to say, well, money is time, right? You are spending your currency of time yep. by investing it in that person, right? If, if we looked at each person as like a, a walking piggy bank, family, work-related, whatever, your children, how much of that currency have you invested in them? Like how full are right. those piggy banks? Yep. How full are those accounts? And, and that is more important than the flip of that, which, which is, you know, time is money, right? To you, time yep. is money. Was, right. I can be on my phone working and making money. I'm trading my time for my money. Or I can flip yep. that and invest that in, you know, in my kids, in, in this event, be present, whichever right. scenario. And, and in the long run, investing in people is going to pay off every time. That's the, I, I completely agree on that. 100%. You should have shared it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Way more concise. <laughs> oh, no, I, I didn't know that until you just said that. By, by long, terrible preview by Justin. <laughs> oh, it, was great. Um, it was great. Nope, that's solid. That's why this is a great exchange um, because of those ideas and your, and your perspective and wording a different way. I hope that reaches everybody. Um, it, it, Chas said it so well. That actually enhances my... Uh, understanding of my own thought. <laughs> awesome. Hey, but that's again, the perfect example though. Yeah. It's the perfect example of connecting with people. They will bring your life richness 
and genuine wealth as well in your career. I can yep. tell you right now. For sure. If you don't believe me, just look at the power of networking. What mm -hmm. does that have to do with the presentation, with the next meeting that you have, yep. with what product or service your past companies you worked for um, have, you know, how cool they were, how great they were, how much of a market share, right. or how much right. of an even uh, a margin that they had. Um, invest in people. I'm cutting you off though, please. No, share. no, that's all good. I was just going to say, uh, audience, uh, we are unable to unfortunately be face to face with you. Technical mm -hmm. difficulties. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you liked it. Everybody, thank you for spending the time with us today. We hope you liked today's podcast. Make sure you like and you hit subscribe as well. Share it with your friends. Share the hope. Rise up with us. We'll see you soon.